I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Living leaves a mark on our planet and in our communities, but it doesn't have to leave a scar. At OnPost, we're building a postal and delivery service for the future through Ireland's largest electric fleet, delivering e-commerce with zero emissions. With the Green Hub helping people transform their homes for greener living and services that keep our communities connected and thriving. Living leaves a mark. Together, let's leave one we're proud of. On Post, for your world. For more information on our zero emission deliveries in Dublin, Cork, Limerick and Waterford city centres, visit onpost.com forward slash sustainability. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel. But now there are vaccines and they are the very first step that let us get back to what we miss most. It's okay to have questions. Is it safe? Should I wait? Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision when vaccines are available to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. This is Vice News Reports. Residents fear that Squim, population 7,000, may be the first to have a QAnon conspiracy theorist in power. The next question is, for the mayor, why do you publicly support QAnon? QAnon and the mayor are the talk of the town. I'm your host, Ariel Zemeros. And I'm Jen Kinney. Good evening, and welcome to the Squim City Council meeting of January 11th. Would you please stand and join me in the Pledge of Allegiance? I pledge of allegiance to the flag. Okay, so Ariel, I have a story that I want to tell you today. And mm-hmm. it is about a small town in Washington state called Squim. Squim? Squim. With liberty and justice for all. Where is Squim? Squim is on the Olympic Peninsula, which is the furthest west part of Washington state. Um, we'll now open a public comment period. If you're on Zoom, press the raise your hand icon. And Squim, like a lot of city councils in the U.S., has moved their meetings to Zoom. Good evening. 
I want to bring your attention to an item that appears nearly at the end of today's agenda, and it has to do with the funding request for the parks activities. And, you know, they cover local municipal stuff like street design and planning the annual Lavender Festival. I'm addressing you today on behalf of the Squim Association of Realtors. This is from their city council meeting this past January. Unmute yourself by pressing... Yep. Hi. January 2021. Uh, my name is Josh. I live in Squim. Uh, I would like to request that Mayor Armacost denounce uh, QAnon. And I'm hoping that our mayor is not too deeply enmeshed in this terrorist organization, that it is dangerous for him to denounce it. In which case, don't denounce it. Keep yourself safe. Um, but at the very least, for the rest of this month, if we could promise not to commit any acts of insurrection, would be great. Uh, just as a citizen of, of Squim, I don't like to be represented by terrorists. Um, so if we could make a promise to finish out this month without killing anyone, uh, that would be great. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Wow. Okay. So that just went from super wholesome to super dark really fast. Yeah. So this is the story that I'm going to tell you about how this small town at the edge of the country got so embroiled in conspiracy theories that residents were calling their mayor and asking him to denounce QAnon. Well, we've been waiting for it. That's right. It's eight o'clock and it's time for coffee with the mayor. In part because that mayor, William Armacost, had gone on the local community radio station and promoted the conspiracy. QAnon is a truth movement that encourages you to think for yourself. The mayor pushing QAnon on this monthly radio call-in show called Coffee with the Mayor. If you remove Q from that equation, it's patriots from all over the world fighting for humanity, truth, freedom, and saving children and others from human trafficking. Wow. When is that recording from? That is from August of 2020. And QAnon, as you may know, is the conspiracy movement that believes that there is an international ring of very powerful people who are trafficking children for sex and possibly using them for satanic rituals, like drinking their blood. And the movement, of course, has grown to encompass a huge range of political conspiracy. So I do know that, and yet every time I hear it, I go, I can't believe this is where we're at right now. Right. So anyway, I used to live in Washington State for a couple of years, and so I've been to Squim. But I hadn't thought about Squim in years until I saw a Twitter thread from this guy. My name is Matthew Randazzo V. I am a uh, political and policy consultant and negotiator for Native American tribes in Washington state and nationally. Matthew's also a writer. He helped me to report this story. I originally come from New Orleans. I came to Olympic Peninsula and Squim specifically after Hurricane Katrina, where my family lost everything and I had to find a new place to put down roots. Uh, the Olympic Peninsula became my new home. Squim became my new home. Hi, welcome to Squim. Hi, welcome to Squim. Geographically, one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. Squim. Squim. It is in the foothills of the Olympic Mountains, 
surrounded by some of the most lush rainforests in the world. Most of the area on the Olympic Peninsula is like tremendously rainy. Squim is in what they call the rain shadow, so it just it doesn't get hit the same way. Squim is this little pocket of sunlight. And that's made it this like amazing location for retirees. Tired of the fast lane? Ready to slow down the pace a bit and truly enjoy life? Squim is basically like Palm Springs of the North. A beautiful, brand new, 55 and over community located in the sunny seaside northwest town of Squim, Washington. It's overwhelmingly a white town. Politically, it's pretty split down the middle. There's some centrist Democrats, some centrist Republicans, a handful of leftists. And because it's the Pacific Northwest... There's always been a pretty hardcore Second Amendment reactionary, uh, suspicious of the federal government, conservative right wing. Because it was such a closely split community, you tended not to have the extremes of either side in power. Because if you had a far-right candidate or far-left candidate, you would lose the middle and there was no margin for error. So politically moderate. Yeah, like a true swing district. Matthew moved out of a squim about a decade ago, but he's still in the area and he's continued to pay attention to local politics. And starting around 2016, when Trump was elected, he noticed that the political alignment in all of Clallam County, where squim is located, it seemed to be shifting, maybe even radicalizing. The moment where I thought Clallam County politics really became explicitly radicalized was in the summer of 2019. And it seemed to start with what on the surface was just a straightforward public health issue. The Jamestown Sklallam tribe, which is the Native American tribal nation closest to the Squim area, proposed a medically assisted treatment clinic for opiate addiction in the Squim city limits. The Jamestown Sklallam tribe is based in the Squim area, and they have been, as they say, from time immemorial. And they propose a medically assisted treatment clinic, or a MAT clinic, which is a place where people who are addicted to opioids can get access to drugs that help to wean them off. So drugs like Suboxone, Methadone, they help people cope with the symptoms of opiate withdrawal. I didn't think that your story was going to start at, like, a, a treatment clinic for opioid abuse. <laughs> oh, we have many, many twists and turns ahead of us, Ariel. <laughs> All right, I'm ready for it. What happened was, immediately, an enormous, vicious, grassroots backlash. I came here to retire in a safe place. Obviously, there's a need for the mat clinics out here, out in the world, and, and God bless them. You know, we got to provide people help. But where does their need for care and, and my need for safety begin? They say it as though I don't want to help them. That is, a, that is not an obligation for us to help people like this. So do you know the term NIMBY? No, I don't know what that means, actually. So NIMBY stands for Not In My Backyard. Mm. And it's become this catch-all name for these movements to prevent, like, affordable housing in a neighborhood. When people get together and organize against projects like that, that's called NIMBYism. They will start with panhandling. They'll move to aggressive panhandling. They'll move to retail theft. After that, armed robberies. After that, home invasions. After that, homicide. This mat clinic, it became a huge NIMBY issue. Kill this thing now before this thing kills Squim. Yeah. Yeah. 
we didn't think everybody before it, but we didn't think it, nobody thought it would be like this. You know, this is Vicki Lowe. My name is Vicki Lowe. I am a resident of Squim, Washington. I have lived here my entire life, which is 55 plus years. Um, I'm a descendant of the Jamestown Scollum tribe, a local tribe, and also a descendant of pioneer families that um, moved here in the early 1900s. She has lived and swim her whole life. And she used to work within the tribal health system. I worked at Jamestown for almost 20 years. She watched as by the 90s, Squim had caught on as a retirement location. And the Jamestown Scollum tribe also was expanding its kind of business side. So the tribe opened a casino. That was a, you know, a lightning rod. (laughs) The anger started kind of around then. Anger towards whom? Towards the tribe. And not everyone that I spoke to in Squim agreed with Vicky's assessment of when these anti-tribe sentiments began. But it is true that starting in the 90s, this region was hit pretty hard by the decline of forestry, which had been a major industry in the Squim area. And meanwhile, you have the tribe opening up all of these successful businesses. People were angry that the tribe was making all this money. And so Vicky sees this as the beginnings of a white lash a sense among white residents that they might lose their hold on Squim, while the tribe is gaining. During that time, we developed our health programs and um, started a medical clinic here in town. The tribe also opened a family health clinic in Squim in 2002, treating not just tribal members, but anybody in town. And Vicky was seeing that certain drugs were being overprescribed, the start of what would become the opioid crisis. You know, some of our tribal members went from just living a normal life to being completely focused on getting medication. You know, people who, like, intentionally broke their hands to make sure they would continue getting pain medication. I mean, it's really sad stuff. The health clinic started to offer some addiction treatment, but the tribe felt like it wasn't enough. They wanted to treat more people. So in May 2019, the tribe buys some land in Squim. And they proposed to build on it a new, bigger, medically-assisted treatment clinic that would serve the whole region and offer holistic services like childcare. And again, this is not just for tribal members. This is for anybody in the area. Within a few weeks, in all of these city council meetings... There's going to be people stoned out of their mind, drug addicts running all around town. And on that monthly Coffee with the Mayor program... How do you propose to protect the community from the opioid scuff laws of unknown character? To the tribe's surprise, residents of Squim start freaking out. Prior to this, if you had a public hearing on a proposal for you know, a city permit or something like that, and you got 60 people there, it was unbelievable public interest. Here's Matthew on it. Suddenly you might have event, uh, public hearings where you would see a thousand people, which was just inconceivable. You're talking about a town of 7,000 and you have a thousand people in a single gymnasium to talk about something. It's completely unprecedented. July 4th, I came home from shooting off fireworks because I'm, I'm American. <laughs> I picked up my phone and one of my friends had invited me to join this new group on Facebook. I was like, what the heck's that? At the same time that people were railing against the Matt Clinic in city council meetings, they were also starting to organize against it online. This new Facebook group was called Squim Against Matt, but it's since been changed to Save Our Squim. 
And their goal, through advocacy and eventually a court case, was to stop the clinic from being built. I clicked join thinking they're not ever going to let me join. I'm very supportive of, you know, all the things they seem to be against. But sure enough, they let me in. I don't know if that was a good decision for me to join that group because some of the things I saw were just horrible. They were trafficking in what she considered to be very racist comments. How the tribe was greedy. We're prescribing pills and making people addicted, and then we're going to make a bunch of money off of getting them better. Save Our Squim's leadership denied that racism was playing any role in the group. So Vicky made a video where she read aloud some of the comments. Maybe their vision was a city of teepees, but it's looking more like a city of tents to me. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe these people. And then I just kept thinking, well, it's just not very many, but, you know, the group grew to like over 2,000. And Jody Wilkie was involved with that. I would condemn her for saying that. That's slanderous. Facebook is Facebook. I mean, it's impossible to monitor. The person who was leading the Save Our Squim movement and rallying followers in this Facebook group was a woman named Jody Wilkie. What exactly is she saying is slanderous? Any idea that SOS, Save Our Squim, is motivated by racism against the tribe. I've uh, told people over and over again to keep it civil, keep it clean. But people are very emotional and they write stupid things. Would you just introduce yourself and explain a little bit about what you've been working on in Squim? My name is Jody Wilkie, and I don't live in Squim. I'm, I'm actually kind of confused by that. She doesn't live in Squim? She does not live in Squim. She lives about 45 minutes away. And she says, you know, she shops in Squim. She's got friends in Squim. She considers herself part of this community. And also, she has political ambitions. Jody has run twice to represent this district in the Washington legislature. And in the summer of 2019, right after the clinic was announced, Jody went all in against it. We aren't talking about relocating it. We're talking about flat-out opposition to its existence, period. She's actually had her own experiences with addiction. She's personally become sober, and she's helped some other people get sober, too. And she's a nurse. She's administered Suboxone on the job. Here's Jody giving a speech in 2019 on why Save Our Squim opposes the clinic. I have a list of at least 30 good reasons, but I'm not going to put you through all that today. There'll be an increase in pressure on police, EMT, and other services. Neighborhood and business impacts decreased property values. She's worried about outsiders being bussed into Squim for treatment. The tribe tells us they're going to put them on the bus and bring them in put them on the bus and take them home, okay? Well, what if they just decide they want to stay and have lunch on us? How can you control that? They say they'll kick them out of the program. Well, if they're leaving AWOL to go have lunch, they're out of the program anyway because they're probably going to have a martini with that and one martini leads to another. You give a mouse a cookie, you know how that goes. Major one being, and I would say I think this is a hallmark of a lot of NIMBY reactions, is a sense that Nobody asked the community. Who knew this was going on? This has been in the works for nearly four years. Did you know that? No. Actually, maybe So, sidebar for accuracy, the tribe says that they did not start talking about the clinic until 2018, a year before Jody made the speech. Anyway, what really resonates, and you see this in comment after comment on the Save Our Squim Facebook group, is this idea that Squim is going to be overrun with dangerous, homeless criminals. 
that we don't have homeless people um, or undesirable people, I guess. I hate to use that term. When you take your kids for a walk, you don't want to have to be looking over your shoulder all the time. You don't want to feel unsafe when you go to the park. And look, according to state and federal health agencies, medically assisted treatment is the gold standard for treating opioid addiction. There is just not really any debate about that in public health circles. But I did call up a MAP provider and other people who have experience with these clinics just to see what they thought of these arguments. And they said, yeah, some of the concerns people have about the presence of these clinics in their communities might be valid. Mm. For example, you often have people waiting in line outside of methadone clinics. And so sometimes people will go and try to sell drugs to people waiting in those lines. But there's not really evidence that homeless encampments pop up when you have a clinic like this. Okay. So the project was announced in spring of 2019. And by summer, construction hadn't even begun. But the fear in the Save Our Squim Facebook group had already snowballed into something so much bigger than the Matt Clinic could account for. People were talking about how Squim was already going downhill, about how they'd had some kind of weird encounter in the Costco parking lot, and then being like, see, they're already bringing the wrong people into town. Okay, so so people are pretty paranoid and, and extremely upset about this even before the clinic is built. Yeah, and over time, those shadowy concerns about outsiders destroying Squim were getting more specific and more refined. Like, people started to say that if the clinic was built, it would attract not just homeless people, but also human traffickers. Starting to see the links with QAnon here. Right. This is where things get really interesting. Because a couple people in the area realized that all of this anger and fear could be very, very useful. We'll be right back. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A healthy immune system is the key to your good health. Take a safe and simple step to protect yourself with Alflorex Immune. Alflorex Immune from Precision Biotics combines a single-strain bacterial culture with extra-strength vitamin D to support your immune system. Ask your pharmacist for more information or at your nearest health food store. Protect yourself with Alflorex Immune. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. 
At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Remember when we thought tech would save the world? Now we fear it may bring about the end times. But we don't have to live in the futures we see in Terminator, Black Mirror, or Westworld. We can choose a different path where instead of being used by tech, we use tech to bolster our individual participation, to strengthen our relationships, to help us flex our collective power. So season three of How to Citizen with Baratunde, it's all about tech. Launching October 14th, we will bring you the people building things with technology that go beyond just revenue and user growth. They empower us to citizen. Listen to How to Citizen with Baratunde on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're tuned to KSQM 91.5 Squim. Well, you just got a few more seconds to get that coffee brewing. That's right, because we've got coffee with the mayor. Okay, so I recognize this story has many threads, and I hope that you will bear with me, Ariel, because I'm going to add one more, but I promise it will come together in the end. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to get back to the QAnon mayor very soon, but we're not there yet. So all of this anger and fear about that Matt clinic, that started in 2019, but then 2020 hit. The pandemic killing of George Floyd and all of the protests. And so in Squim, you know, that local radio station call-in show that has the mayor on every month. In the booth, we've got Mayor Armacost, our mayor. Without further ado, let's jump right in. Will the city ever consider defunding the police department? People write in their questions and the radio host reads them to the mayor. And in the summer of 2020, you could just hear how fear and anxiety about all these national events were just flooding into squim. And what is the city doing to plan for social unrest? I have seen many more homeless people in squim lately, and they look as if they would quickly convert to looters if protests and riots were to come to squim. Can you use deadly force to protect yourself and your property? I wouldn't want the legal bills or to go to jail. But I also don't want to lose my possessions or I don't want to die. This is this is extremely not grounded in in what is going on in Squim at the moment, right? Right. But this rumor is spreading that Antifa and Black Lives Matter protesters are going to like bust some of their followers into towns, small towns all over the country, and they're going to, you know, cause havoc. Oh boy. The intel that we had was that Antifa was here, not peaceful protesters. Where did you get that from? All over the internet. Squim had its own Black Lives Matter protests that were very small and very peaceful. But on this day, on June 3rd, a local gun shop owner named Seth Larson shows up to counter-protest with a whole group of armed men. 
And at the same time, Seth has been spreading the word on Facebook that Antifa is on its way to squim and small towns everywhere. But we do not stand side by side with people that want to break, slaughter, and kill cops. We're not for that. And when we saw what Antifa posted two nights ago about coming to the rural areas and burning down our houses and killing our white babies, we are not for that. When did Antifa show us? Where are they? Antifa! So while all of this is happening, unrelated to the protests, a family comes through Squim in a bus. A homeless family who was living out of a converted school bus happened to be coming through Squim to, on their way to Forks, which is the location where the Twilight books and movies were set. This is Matthew Randazzo again, the writer I worked with. Because the Native American grandmother of the family had just read the books and really wanted to see the area where Twilight was set. This looked like the thing that the counter-protesters, like Seth Larson, that squim gun shop owner, this is what he was warning about, a bus full of Antifa. And it seems like that fear traveled to Forks, about an hour and a half west of Squim, faster than the family could get there. So when their bus pulls up in Forks, they're greeted by a group of armed men. And that night... They are trapped in the campground when trees are felled to block the only road out, And they are kept up by the sound of gunshots and whooping and other sounds that made them fear they were potentially, you know, going to be the targets of a lynching. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. This got national attention at the time. Vice reported on it. So what happened to the family? Are they okay? Yeah, they're okay. Some teenagers came and moved the trees so that they could get out of their campground. And the family got away safe, but definitely rattled. And back in Squim, people were looking at this gun shop owner who had stirred up the panic. It had been immediately that day, more or less, connected to the Squim gun owner. What startled me was that the overwhelming response you saw from the Squim city government and the Squim police was that the mayor of Squim was broadly supportive. I think the word vigilante has been thrown into the mix without really truly accepting and understanding what that meaning is. Men become little boys when their testosterone gets cooking, and they say things and sometimes do things that we later have to apologize and recap. Not supportive of what they did, but supportive of their intent, that these were patriots who were acting in the best interest of their community in the face of a reasonable threat from a domestic terrorist organization, namely Antifa. The owner of Fred's guns did not break the law, And obviously there's nothing there other than he was exercising his constitutional rights. That's what got me to start looking into who was this William Armacost. Just another beautiful day in Sunny Squim. William Armacost, local hairdresser. I personally own a beauty salon and we're following the guidelines and we are really excited to get back to work and current mayor of Squim, of the Coffee with the Mayor, QAnon is a truth movement fame that we heard earlier. The beautiful part of being in America is we, we have this thing called the Constitution, and uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I hear that he's a really good hairdresser. He is. Um, I, you know, no fault there. It's just... This is Vicki Lowe again, who supports the Matt Clinic. And actually, I went to meet with the new mayor... Armacost was appointed to Squim's council in 2018, and then he became the mayor at the beginning of 2020, in the midst of this rising fear around the Matt Clinic. Anyways, um, so we just we wanted to talk to him about how important this Matt Clinic is. Mayor Armacost himself got sober 
And so a lot of his response to the Matt Clinic was... People need to pull themselves up by the bootstraps. He got sober. Other people could do it. It's a struggle, but you just got to try hard. When he got on the council, people didn't really know Armacost's politics. They just knew him as a local hairdresser. Because in Squim, you don't run as a Republican or a Democrat. You just run for council. That's pretty common for, like, these small-town councils and school boards to be nonpartisan. Right. Okay. And then in Squim, if there's a vacancy on the council, like if somebody resigns or dies, then the other city council members get to appoint anyone of their choosing. So Mayor Armacost originally became a city council member because there was a vacancy and the council appointed him. He later got elected to that seat in 2019. And you don't really run for mayor in Squim. You just win a council seat. And then the council decides amongst themselves which one should be mayor. So it's not normally a role with a lot of power. But Mayor Armacost drew an unusual amount of attention. At first, because he was hanging a sign in his salon for Save Our Squim, that anti-Matt Clinic Facebook group. He belongs to SOS. He's the mayor of Squim, and SOS is suing the city of Squim. That's a huge conflict. And then in the summer of 2020, callers to the Coffee with the Mayor program started drawing attention to the more fringe beliefs that he was posting about a lot on his Facebook page. We have one last question. This is for the mayor. Um, hello. I would like to hear what Mayor Armacost, a QAnon enthusiast, on QAnon being labeled as a potential domestic terror threat by the FBI. Thanks. From Josh. Josh, thanks for the question. That's a great one. QAnon is a truth movement that encourages you to think for yourself. If you remove Q from that equation, it's patriots from all over the world fighting for humanity, truth, freedom, and saving children and others from human trafficking, exposing the evil and corruption of the last century in hopes of leaving a better future for our children and grandchildren. I want to encourage you to search for Joe M. on YouTube and watch his videos, starting with the plan to save the world. So in this community radio appearance in his official capacity as mayor, William Armacost defends QAnon, and then he promotes a QAnon conspiracy video. What if I told you that those who were corrupting the world, poisoning our food, and igniting conflict were themselves about to be permanently eradicated from the earth? It's basically about how all the world's ills have been intentionally created by a secretive global elite. Yeah, I, I think we're pretty familiar with the QAnon agenda at this point. Those who are corrupt will do everything they can to suppress the truth. Ask yourself a question. Why hasn't Antifa and Black Lives Matter been called the same? Thank you for the question. Thank you very much, Mayor. Well, that concludes our questions. I watched the video. Vicki Lowe, the Matt supporter, watched the video that her mayor told her to watch. It was scary because they talk about eradicating people who don't believe what they believe. They think that there's a cabal of um, baby-eating pedophiles running the Democratic Party. It was just crazy. And also scary because 
as I was listening to the words that are said, I realized those are some of the phrases some of my friends have been saying about, you know, the arrests are going to happen. It's going to be soon. The storm is coming. I realized those all connected back to QAnon beliefs. So she's starting to connect the dots and she's realizing that a lot of people that she interacts with on a regular basis in SQUIM are using the terminologies used by QAnon followers. Exactly. And to me, one place that it really looks like people are being influenced by QAnon, even if they don't identify as QAnon followers, is the Save Our Squim Facebook group. I don't have an interest in conspiracy theories. Jody Wilkie, a leader of that group, told me that she was almost totally unaware of QAnon before the mayor brought it up. I, I think they have some sort of a connection to pedophilia. And I guess if there is, we should do whatever we can to get rid of that. But she'd been exposed to it, and so had some of Save Our Squim's other biggest supporters. There's a lot of videos that are sent about. Most of the ones that I've read, you know, were related to the election. They had claims that people really wanted to be true. Jody posted a lot about election fraud earlier this year. She posted links to a website called hereistheevidence.com that claimed to show all the ways that the election was rigged. She has since deleted it, and she says that she has nothing to do with Q. But when I look at the Save Our Squim Facebook and I hear their concerns about the clinic, that Squim is going to be overrun by outsiders, that this is a product of socialism run amok, it sounds really conspiratorial. So I pointed out to Jody. I bring up a graphic from the Facebook page that says that this clinic will import addicts into Squim. Importing to me implies like someone is out there pushing this. You know, I, I don't know, maybe you're ascribing something to that that wasn't intended. Okay, so she doesn't see what she's involved in, either like denying the results of the election or the way she stirred up fear around the Mac clinic. She doesn't see any of that as being conspiratorial. As far as she's concerned, QAnon is something different that's happening elsewhere. Right. But to me, that connection is right there. And for Vicky, the Matt supporter, hearing the mayor promote QAnon on the radio and realizing that people all around her share these beliefs, something clicks. Like, now it makes sense why people in Save Our Squim are comparing the Matt Clinic to human trafficking. And again, it's, it's not like everybody who's in this group is going all the way down the QAnon rabbit hole. But you can see how these conspiratorial beliefs are circulating here, even if people don't recognize them as conspiracies. It was like, ding, ding, ding. Yeah, I was like, wow. And then, of course, I saw it everywhere. That's after the break. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Aldi are now recruiting selectors at our NACE Regional Distribution Centre, and we're on the search for people who look to be challenged every day, who can make quick decisions and take ownership of their role, who work hard and take pride in the knowledge that our customers and stores are relying on you to make sure everything is where it needs to be, when it needs to be. Aldi Logistics Careers. Apply online at aldirecruitment.ie. Aldi means more. I want to get back to being in my community group. I want to continue having a soccer season. So I can throw parties again. <laughs> so I can go to her parties. <laughs> It'd really be nice to dine in instead of getting delivery for a change. So I can feel safe and protected for myself and my students. We each have our own reason for why we're getting vaccinated against COVID-19. What will yours be? Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org for information on the COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. River Cafe Table 4 is a brand new podcast with me, Ruthie Rogers, the founder and chef of the River Cafe in London. River Cafe Table 4 takes us on a food journey around the world with friends like Paul McCartney. John Lennon and I hitchhiked to Paris and we thought, oh, we've got to have a wine experience. We're in France. And we took a sip and thought, that is terrible. It's like vinegar. So join us at River Cafe Table 4 to hear this brand new podcast all about their memories, their travels, and the food they turn to for comfort. Listen to River Cafe Table 4 on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's now the end of summer 2020, and sleepy, moderate Squim is figuring out how to deal with a Q-pilled mayor. And on a national level, the Republican Party is dealing with QAnon in the run-up to the election. Right. Like, do they want to distance themselves? Do they want to cozy up? Because these QAnon candidates, they're actually winning primaries. Yeah. But this conflict wasn't new in Squim. Republican operatives here had noticed the power of conspiracy panic for some time. While Save Our Squim was riling people up on Facebook and in city council meetings, behind the scenes, a local Republican official had figured out how he could harness all of this fear and anger. This call is now being recorded. Oh, you got a fancy system there. This is Donnie Hall. You haven't met him yet, but he's been here the whole time. I'm Donnie Hall. I work for the Department of Defense and the Department of Navy for a total of 32 years. Moved to Squim 10 years ago. Donnie is deeply involved in local GOP politics. If you know anything about the GOP in Clallam County, you know Donnie. I saw a need for more independent people in, in government, especially local government. So in fall 2019, Donnie sees all the excitement against the Matt Clinic and for Save Our Squim. And he thinks, oh, this is an opportunity we should get some of these people into local office. And then all of a sudden, somebody introduced me to um, William Armacost, and he, he told us of his situation, that he was uh, an appointed member of the city council, but he wanted to run, and we said, okay, you can be our guinea pig. So Donnie helps William Armacost win his council election, and then he helps a few other anti-MAC candidates get on the council, too. So wait, this kind of sounds like it could be perceived as a conspiracy in and of itself, right? Is this the secret plot to 
take over the Squim government, the Squim city government, and fill it with conservatives so they can stop the Mac Clinic from being built? That is how some people start to talk about it, a conservative takeover of Squim. But it's more nuanced than that. It is true that around this time, there were a few vacancies on the city council, and the mayor and his political allies get to appoint replacements who share their politics with very little public accountability. The mayor wanted to ensure the appointment was someone with political beliefs that aligned with his political beliefs for a position that is supposed to be nonpartisan. But of course, Donnie would say, there's no secret here. This is just political organizing. And this was all simmering in squim, getting more tense, in the months leading up to January 2021. We did it! We did it! We did it! We did it! We did it. We did it. Oh my God! And then, of course, on January 6th, Trump supporters storm the Capitol, many of them wearing QAnon gear. Is that where the senators are at? The smoking weed? And while the national media is scrambling to figure out what the hell just happened and where it might happen next, Matthew, the writer who helped me report this story, he makes a Twitter thread about Squim's mayor and his QAnon radio broadcast. Basically to be like, these beliefs are already pervasive and they're having real-world effects. And soon, reporters near and far are looking at Squim, wanting to tell the story of a town overrun by Q. It does not influence me at the role of a city council member and mayor. But you still believe it? Um, I am not saying that I believe that. That is QAnon. This is the mayor on CNN. You called it a truth movement. Um, What I call is the opportunity as a patriot and as an American citizen to seek truth. I really think when CNN was out here, they were looking for like an invasion of uh, Q people all over. Here again is political operative Donnie Hall. And, and you know, they only found just it's just the mayor. And it was kind of like, oh, well, is, is that a story or is it not a story? When this blew up, for some, he becomes the other face of Squim's conspiracy problem the local Republican who got the Q mayor into office. Do you think that there's a story here? I, I I don't really know. It's 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 kind of Donnie weird. claims it's, it's, that he doesn't follow QAnon, so he thinks that the media's fixation on it is misplaced. But he is sharing the QAnon memes, like ones that say the enemies of America have already been arrested and will be tried for treason. And I point out to him that QAnon or no, conspiracy thinking appears to be the engine driving his political strategy. He's the one who compared methadone treatment to human trafficking. To me, it seems like the Matt Clinic issue has drawn a fair number of people who have this type of thinking, this type of, if not QAnon, sort of Mm -hmm. QAnon-adjacent thinking. I I certainly think that SOS has... has, um, enabled and energized uh, you have people who are certainly open to the idea that the system is rigged. Do you think it's possible that some of the anti-MAT opposition is rooted in its own type of conspiracy thinking? You know, that like people are going to get bust in to squim and it's going to ruin the town and the outsiders are doing this. Um, yeah, I, I think I see... I see some of that. 
This kind of conspiratorial thinking is powerful, right? Like it is so much more engaging to talk about this than to talk about budgets or the day-to-day grind of governing. It is exciting to have an us versus them. It's exciting to have a big plot that everyone's unraveling together. And it draws people into the movement, regardless of where they started on the political spectrum. So I lay out my theory for Donnie about why reporters like me are so fascinated by what's going on in this very small town at the edge of the country. A lot of reporters are coming to you thinking that they're going to find evidence of a capital C conspiracy that mm-hmm. like, there, there's you know, a group of people who are secretly trying to take over this small town. And mm-hmm. instead, I think what's really happening is a spread of conspiratorial thinking in American life and in conservative politics in general. And it's not the smoking gun that reporters are looking for. But when I talk to you, I do hear that SOS has whipped a lot of that up in SWIM in particular. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I would say that's not a bad assessment. And that can be politically useful. Yeah, it can be politically useful. More people are probably going to self-destruct from the energy. Where there's that energy, we want to try to channel it. I love the energy. I like the idea that people are awake and paying attention and feeling like they need to assert their voice. So after our interview, Donnie emailed me to clarify that he would never again run a, quote, QAnon fanatic for office, but he would definitely run someone who shared some QAnon beliefs. He wrote, absolutely, a willingness to look to sources other than Fox News, CNN, MSNBC would be a statement of independence just by itself. Conspiracies aren't new in the U.S. This isn't a new thing to pit one group against another and to use conspiracies to do that, right? I think the thing about QAnon is that it's this special kind of wacky. But also, maybe for the first time, we get to see a really wacky conspiracy propagate through a community like Squim in real time because of the immediacy of the internet and social media. And unlike other conspiracies like, say, Flat Earth, we're seeing QAnon beliefs lead to real-world violence. Yeah, I, I think that's totally right. Like, the American style of politics is inherently paranoid. QAnon is based on some very old anti-Semitic beliefs. And adding them to some very new fears, like around the pandemic and the vaccine, and what you end up with is this ur-conspiracy that can adapt itself to any kind of fear you have. Are you worried that your town's demographics are going to change? Do you have stigma against people addicted to opioids? Well, then the QAnon conspiracy, even if you don't recognize that you're following it, it has something to offer you. What I see in Squim is the way that this paranoia has just seeped down to the lowest, most hyper-local issues, the most hyper-local offices, So that things that, you know, in the past wouldn't have been partisan at all have just become red hot third rail topics. The other thing that I see from this is, you know, when everyone around you is paranoid, you get paranoid too. And I don't think that's happening purely in conservative politics. I think conservative politicians have figured out how to weaponize that paranoia better. 
And I think the way that Squim was wrapped up into not just one, but a whole network of conspiracies really shows how how deep and wide that paranoia goes. Okay, so one last thing. What's going on in Squim now? So as of now, the Matt Clinic is still under construction. And there have been some concerns lately from the more liberal pro-clinic residents of Squim that the mayor and city council are still actively trying to stop the clinic from being built. In January, the council pushed the city manager to resign, which many people in town connected to that manager's refusal to block the mat clinic. So now, Squim's progressives are harnessing the backlash over his resignation to organize a popular Facebook group where they're recruiting candidates to take back the council, this time from the left. Meanwhile, Save Our Squim's lawsuit has been thrown out, so their legal fight is over for now. And yeah, construction on the clinic is going forward, and the tribe says they're looking forward to opening it. But the effects on Squim of this knockdown, drag-out, brutal fight are definitely going to linger. Now we're worried about the people who will be patients there and if they'll be harassed by these people. Vicki, the Matt supporter, told me that now she's worried about the patients and whether they'll be harassed. I don't trust these people. I don't trust anything anymore. And Jody told me, and actually SOS put this in their official press release about the lawsuit being thrown out, that she and SOS are prepared to play nice. The city council this year established 2021 to be the year of kindness. Jody said they've always played nice. SOS is perfectly willing to be kind. We've done our best to be kind. Jen Kinney contacted Squim Mayor William Armacost for comment numerous times, but was never provided a statement. Vice News Reports is produced by Jesse Alejandro Cuttrell, Jen Kinney, Janice Yamoka, and Julia Nutter. Our senior producers are Ashley Cleek and Adiza Egan. Our associate producers are Sam Egan, Sophie Cases, and Adriana Rodriguez. Sound design and music composition by Steve Bone and Kyle Murdoch. Special thanks to Matthew Rondazzo for his help and for bringing this story to our attention. Also to Julia Lindau and Brooke Feldman. Our executive producer and VP of Vice Audio is Kate Osborne. Janet Lee is senior production manager for Vice Audio. Production coordination by Steph Brown. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka. Our theme music is by Steve Bone. I'm Ariel Zemros. I know podcast hosts say this all the time, but please review and subscribe to the pod. It really helps other people find the show. Vice News Reports drops every Thursday, so check back in next week. Fancy changing job or trying a new career? Data is at the center of everything we do. From providing critical services to the front line to delivering the latest news and entertainment into hands and homes all over the world. All of this is made possible because of the data center industry, one of the world's fastest growing industries. At Host in Ireland, our partners have a wide range of jobs available, from engineers to project managers, electricians to technicians. To find your next job, visit the jobs page at hostinireland.com. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. 
No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are extremely cool and chill, if I do say so myself. In our new podcast, How Did We Get Weird?, we'll talk about our favorite snacks, shows, and obsessions from growing up with some of your favorite comedians, musicians, and other A-list celebrities. Sorry, we're major. Listen to How Did We Get Weird? from Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.